the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, you're a guy who dives into the pre-draft process every year. As a player who broke Steve McNair's all-time passing record at the FCS level, uh, did Devlin Hodges show up on your radar? Um, not on my personal radar. Uh, I'm a guy that gets into the process late and has to cover a lot of ground. So usually I'm led by others, guys that are regional scouts or positional scouts. And Kevin uh, do a great job of getting out and reconning, if you will, uh, the scouting landscape. Uh, this guy drew the attention of several people in our scouting department, and that's how we got on his trail. So did you see him before he came to rookie minicamp, I mean, in vi- on video or whatever? I did not watch game tape. I watched a profile tape, and oftentimes that's the case. Uh, when you start talking about guys that are, you know, camp invites, you get a you get a gist of what they are, and you get enough to – to, to get an understanding of maybe what walks through the door, and then you, then you develop your opinions based on what happens during the course of that weekend. So, what was the gist you got when you uh, watched that video? That he knows how to play, um, that he's got good savvy and feel for the game, uh, but he's got some physical limitations to overcome, and that's probably what you speak to when you talk about a guy who broke Steve McNair's records, but wasn't on everyone's radar. Um, the cook, the quarterback position in particular in today's game uh, has some cookie-cutter boxes to check, if you will, if you're talking about evaluating, and particularly evaluating at the, at the higher end of the position. You know, when guys don't meet certain height standards or ball velocity standards or arm strength standards and things of that nature, um, they got some obstacles to overcome. Uh, and also now you also got to acknowledge that that quarterback market is flooded with a bunch of guys that are under six foot one. And so what used to be unique, uh, maybe it's one or two guys that you're evaluating in that way. Uh, There's quite a few guys that you're evaluating in that way. And being from Sanford and not from Oklahoma, like Kyler Murray, for instance, he just got lost in that shuffle, I'm sure. In general, uh, the evaluation process, how do you account for the level of competition that the the, uh, guy played in and how much of a factor is that on its own? You know, it's not factors that we weigh very he- heavily. I mean, let's let's face it. We didn't invest a lot in, in him initially. We just gave him a rookie camp invite. Uh, so, you know, we didn't weigh some of those variables as heavy as you like to think that we did. We like what we saw on the tape. He got the ball out on rhythm. He was an anticipatory passer, uh, and that was enough to invest a weekend. And then what he did here kind of, you know, um, build a relationship from there. So the weekend uh, ends – uh, he he goes through the uh, rookie minicamp as a tryout. So what convinced you then at the end of that weekend to keep him over uh, the guy, Brogan Robach, that you had already on your 90-man roster who already had gone through an NFL training camp the previous year? Exactly what I just stated. I was really impressed by his ability to anticipate and get the ball out on rhythm, uh, even with new exposure to offense and, and receivers. And that's an that's an Boy, an indication of football intellect or feel for the game that's been consistent throughout. Obviously, he's had bumps along the way that young guys experience. Shoot, he didn't make our opening day 53-man roster. Uh, but it was enough there to, to maintain our interest because he's got some of those things that you can't coach, the ability to anticipate um, and to get the ball out on rhythm. In the category of giving players what they need, when Hodges uh, starts at quarterback for you today, what will he need from you during the game? You know, it's going to be enough emotions. It's going to be enough emotions in the stadium. It's going to be enough emotions from him. Uh, I'm just going to try to be steady Eddie. Uh, I want to be that common voice, uh, that common exchange, 
that guy that when he looks at it, uh, when he looks me in the eye, he knows that I'm not riding the emotional roller coaster, and I don't expect him to either. He's going to have good plays. He's going to have some plays he wish he could have back. Uh, the key is to stay in the fight and stay in the fight for 60 minutes. Understanding that young players are in a different category in this respect, uh, but what do you need to see from a guy on the injury report during the week of preparation uh, to make you comfortable to put him in the game? It really depends on the guy. Um, if I got a long history with him, if he shows great football intellect and exposure to our system of ball over the course of time, uh, you can carry those guys into the stadium if they're given a clean bill of health on a limited amount of work. Um, some other guys, because of youth or new exposure to us or this environment or our system of football, <clears throat> they need in-helmet perspective on preparation. Or they're not going to help us or they're not going to be capable of playing above the line, whether they're healthy or not. And so there's different standards of expectation. And I'm very transparent with our football team in that regard. Everyone is treated fairly. Everyone isn't treated equally. Because the bottom line is you want to put guys out on the field that you know are prepared and capable of playing winning football. And guys that are new to us, guys that don't have a lot of in-helmet perspective, um, healthy or no, uh, they need practice. One of the final things on the weekly schedule leading up to a game is called the Power Hour. What is that and what's its purpose? You know, whenever we play a game um, in the later portions of the day, um, prime time, 4.30 if you will, it's just an opportunity to gather in the morning and look each other in the eye and, and analyze what we've done and make any final adjustments that need to be made uh, to stimulate some thought. Um, sometimes when you're on the road, uh, it gets people out of their hotel rooms and gets them on their feet. Oftentimes we'll do it in empty ballrooms and do it in a walkthrough fashion. Just a thing to get guys moving and together um, when we're spending a lot of time separate and in hotel rooms uh, waiting for an opportunity to kick the ball off. Uh, in the regular season, if a practice during the week of preparation gets a little bit chippy, not out and out fighting and nobody gets hurt, uh, do you see that as a sign of intensity or is it more wasted energy? Um, it just depends on the variables. You know, sometimes it's both, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> one thing that one thing's for sure, football is an emotional game. It's going to always be an emotional game. And particularly, quite honestly, uh, when you're not doing as well as you like, uh, people's patience gets short, and, uh, and, and, and rightfully so. Uh, we got a group that's, that's edgy uh, and appropriately so. The key for us is to take that edge and, and distribute it appropriately inside stadiums on game day, which we intend to do. Uh, all last season, the team finished with t 15 takeaways. This season, through five games, the team has 12. To what do you attribute this improvement? You know, we've been talking openly about a desire to be better in that area. We haven't been bashful about it. Um, but more than just the words, man, uh, the actions, uh, the day-to-day -day habits we're trying to create culturally in terms of ball awareness and ball disruption, uh, the addition of some guys uh, has been central to that. Um, we're just working our tails off. I know that we need it. Uh, and, and we're going to need it in this one. We're five games into this season. Uh, both Benny Snell and Ulysses Gilbert both have multiple tackles on special teams. Uh, does that fact alone tell you anything about their futures on offense and defense, respectively, as they mature as NFL players? No question it does. Um, just my experience tells me young guys that find ways to be productive, no matter where you put them, 
Uh, that's an indication of productive players moving forward over the course of their careers. They're football players first, they're positional players second. And so uh, when you got guys that are natural football players, you, you put them on special teams, they make the plays because they're competitors and they're football players. And we challenge guys openly in that way. I show them Heinz Ward's stack, tackle statistics when he was a special teamer early in his career and so forth and so on. A lot of guys have earned their way um, and really carved out a niche for themselves, at least initially, uh, in that space. And um, production in that area usually is an indicator of production as they get an opportunity to become positional guys. Does production in that area get you a shot quicker on offense or defense? This is how it does. If you become a necessary guy as opposed to a useful guy in that area, you're in a helmet every week. And every week we step in the stadiums, every every week things happen. And so, you know – Tyler Matakavich is a guy that that is, you know, quote, unquote, a special teamer. But just about every week in some form or fashion, you see Tyler playing defensive football for us. And because you're a necessary component of that phase, you're always available, you're always in a helmet, and that puts you in position to seize opportunities. When it comes to returning kicks, uh, do you have rules for when you want your kickoff return guy to bring the ball out versus take a touchback? I do, um, and the parameters and variables are different um, depending on week to week. Sometimes uh, weather is a factor in terms of uh, windage. Sometimes uh, the hang of the football based on the the, kicks, the kicker's ability. Um, there can be a ball that hits one yard in the end zone, but it could be a very different ball if it's 3.7 one yards in the end zone as opposed to 4.5 one yards deep in the end zone. So there's a lot of variables. It changes week to week, and that's just some of the things that we talk about and think about in terms of making that determination. When, uh, on punt returns, I mean, is there anybody who helps the return guy with maybe where the uh, the, the coverage is, fair catch this one, no, you can run this one, uh, does any of that happen? It, it is a lot of it is is pregame reconnaissance, if you will, the tape study, the watching of the guys in pregame, uh, along with the tape study. And I keep mentioning uh, watching guys pregame because environmentally is is a big component of it. You can watch a guy. Um, on tape and he's in one environment, but you better watch him also in pregame because that pregame environment is usually an indication of the in-game environment from a windage standpoint and things of that nature. So uh, it is pre, pregame tape study leading up to the game, but it's also what has transpired prior to the game and also in the game in terms of determining what we call a launch point, um, but also giving us some indication of the grass that he might have to cover uh, in a variety of directions from that launch point based on those circumstances. So in high school, if it's a high school team, you might tell your uh, punt returner, put your heels on the 10-yard line, and if the ball goes over your head, let it go. Is there, are those those kinds of rules in the NFL? They're not nearly as, as hard and fast in the NFL because in the NFL, uh, the pinpoint accuracy of punters, they can put that ball on the five, and it can drop dead right there, or it can roll to the two or things of that nature. So in this league, sometimes you're fair catching balls inside the 10, if you will. In this league, sometimes you're you're going inside the 10 to feel the ball in an effort to gain field position. Uh, it's not black and white. There's always some gray, and that gray is produced by the expertise of the specialists.